One of my favorite things about the work that I do is that I've literally walked the walk when it comes to taking my coaching biz from zero to multi-five-figure months. I often mention how I've had a ton of support along the way, but what I don't often mention is the mindset shift that is deciding to invest in coaching support to grow your business. Plus, having that convo with your spouse when you're ready to dish out thousands of dollars to a stranger on the internet. So I've decided to give you the inside scoop. And what better person to bring in on that convo than the man himself? In today's episode, I'm chatting with my husband, Brian, about his mindset when it came to my decision to invest in a business coach. And while I know that there are many mindset challenges that can come up when investing, I want you to know that this conversation is far more common than you might think. I'm dishing out personal details, Brian brings his typical witty banter to the table, and our hope is that this conversation will support you in talking to your spouse about your own dreams and goals to get the support you desire. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is my husband, Brian Weber. Brian is a handsome rock climbing genius who enjoys skiing, mountain biking, and is all around a great guy. He wrote his intro, by the way. So Brian, welcome to One Simple Chef. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thrilled to be here, Amanda. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So today we have a rather different episode for you because I really feel like it would be helpful to hear from a spouse, particularly my spouse, around investing and investing in yourself, your business, support, and really what the mindset around that looks like. And I thought, what better than to have my very own husband on the show? So that is what we are doing today. And I somehow managed to get my husband who typically likes nothing to do with social media and the internet and putting things in writing or in audio to join me on this show. So this is a rare occurrence, everyone. So anything you'd like to add to that, Brian? How's the weather up there? <laughs> so this is so strange because we're actually recording, like obviously we're recording in the same house, but we're recording in different rooms so that we don't have like audio feedback feedback or anything like that getting in the way. So I'm recording as I typically do with podcast guests in Zencaster, but Brian is like banished to the basement in his office and I am in my office upstairs here. So I just turned the heat up so that it doesn't go off at 5 p.m. like it normally does. So the weather, it's quite toasty in here. How's it down there? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. So apart from Brian's like general awkwardness and not talking on podcasts a lot, why don't you fill the people in on, I don't know, tell the people about yourself, Brian. thought the bio summed it up pretty well, but uh, yeah, I'm Amanda's husband of a few years now and 
by your boyfriend of much longer than that. So I've been here most of the steps from Amanda leaving the corporate world and uh, getting out into being more of an entrepreneur. So uh, it's been, what, almost 10 years now following this whole journey. And that's really more about you than about me. But as I said, I'm already uh, the handsome rock climbing genius. So I don't know what else <laughs> there is to say. And super humble too. So Oh yeah, humble. That's that. a good one. <laughs> Maybe the most humble. So, I mean, I think that's a good point that you really have been here for the majority of the business. I mean, the whole business journey, actually. So Brian and I started dating when I was in my corporate job in New York. We actually met at a close friend's wedding in Milwaukee, long distance, dated for two years when I was in New York and he was in Connecticut, and then made the move out to um, Denver, Colorado together. So he was definitely the supporter, the one who like nudged me to go off on my own and keep getting freelance clients. And that was really the beginning of the design studio. And then of course, you guys know, I later pivoted to coaching, but yeah, he has, he's been here through it all. So I am curious. Yeah, you've seen some things. Yeah. He's my number one cheerleader and my shoulder to cry on and also all the things. So yeah, so he's been here since the beginning. So I thought what better perspective than for you guys to hear from him. So I guess what I want to talk about most is really the shift from feeling like I had to do it all alone to actually investing in high level support, because that was truly when I felt like things shifted for me in a big way in the business. So you guys know, like I was running the design studio, I was landing 10k website design projects, and that was incredible. But also all of those results felt like I was very dependent on referrals. I felt like a lot of that happened like almost outside of me. And I was at the whim of like the next email to come through. And when I wanted to pivot to coaching, when I really felt that pull, I had almost no idea how to actually do it and how to market that new business. So I think there was a point, Brent, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, my mind wanted to go in like a million different directions. Like I really wanted this coaching thing to work. And yet I feel like I was focusing on all the wrong things. And you and I would have these conversations. And of course, you know, you never like, none of us really ever love that business feedback from our spouse, <laughs> or at least I felt like that wasn't really necessarily where my mindset was at at that point. But like, I think you would try to like subtly say like, Hey, I think if you want to get clients, you should focus more on like these other things. And I would just was not having it. Do you remember that at all? I do. Do you want to elaborate on that? Or are you afraid you'll get in trouble? Oh, I, I thought that was the quick, <laughs> make sure Brian's still in the room and let me finish this thought. Yeah. So I definitely think there's kind of a time and place to have, you know, a spouse's input or a friend's input, but uh, there's also a time and place to get a professional's input. And in some ways you can almost think of it as like a, a college degree, right? Like there are some classes where you learn things. There are some classes that tell you things you already knew, but it can make a big difference having that piece of paper when you go to find a job, right? That says this is legitimate feedback or, or legitimate knowledge this person has. There's an objective feedback mechanism. And it's sort of similar when you get feedback from a spouse. I could say the best thing in the world, you know, most insightful, you know, hard hitting comment, but I don't work in the field. I'm very close to the problem. 
it's hard to take me seriously sometimes. So I think there's a value sometimes in having that feedback come from elsewhere. And so as humble as we've established that I am, I don't think I always have the right insights. Uh, and certainly I don't work in the social media realm. I don't have a lot of insights for Amanda's business specifically. So there are some things I can help with, but there are things that you know, her coach really knows. And occasionally her coach will say, you know, the exact same thing that Brian said. (laughs) And uh, I'll take a lot of pride in that. But there is a lot of value, I think, in one, having someone who's a a little more living it. You know, they're they're involved with the line of work. They know the ins and outs. And two, like I said, it's sometimes just having that legitimacy of uh, let's get a third party involved and get someone who's a little more removed from the problem. Because obviously I have my own biases, especially when it comes to setting up a business. Uh, I'm going to be worried about things like our family life, stability, work hours, things like that. And there can be a conflict of interest with what the business really needs. So uh, so there is a lot of advantage to having that outside help. Yeah, totally. And I think it's helpful just, I mean, if we really want to walk down memory lane here, there was a point in my business where Brian was proofing every single newsletter that I sent out every single uh, week terrible. because I just did not trust myself. I mean, two things there, right? Like, obviously, there's a little bit of a perfectionism mindset there where I really did feel like, oh, my gosh, it would be awful if, you know, went out with the wrong link or there was something that didn't make complete sense or there was a spelling error or whatever it was, right? And part of that was just like, one, a frequency problem, right? Like, because like the emails were further between, every single one just felt like more precious. And also I just hadn't done it that much. So all of those were really like big mindset things that were holding me back there. But no amount of him proofing those newsletter emails was going to solve the real problem under the surface there. So no amount of like him being like, hey, you could explain this more clearly or was this really what you meant to say here was actually going to solve some of the core mindset things were which were just me like I mean, we could go down. I'm sure we'll have a whole nother chat about this on the podcast at some point. Um, Is that Ollie with you? That is Ollie. (laughs) Ollie has stuff to say about this, guys. (laughs) But I think that, like, obviously there were a lot of mindset challenges there. And I think that that is so clearly why I needed further support, right? So he, I think, like, you know, our spouse is essentially like their first gut instinct or their tendency is to want to solve problems, right? We never want the people we love to be struggling or to be in pain, obviously, or anything like that. So every time like, you know, I would be struggling or I would be like, hey, I need help with this. Like, you know, the gut is to want to fix that. But like fixing the surface level thing, proofing that email was never going to be the thing that was going to help me to grow the business because it just wasn't solving the right problem. So I think that's really helpful to see too. Brian probably doesn't miss proofing those emails, I don't think either. I certainly do not. But I think you kind of hit on it there, right? Is I, I was more of a mechanical piece of the process. You know, you, you do this and okay, I can do this thing, but you're missing sort of that strategic portion, right? Of like, is this the right thing to be doing? And uh, I certainly was not at a point to give any insight into the strategic approach for Amanda's business. 
I mean, or the mindset approach either, really. Like, I mean, that just like, there's probably no way you could have framed that for me where I would have gotten on board. But like, yeah, you're right. This is a totally a self-trust and perfectionism problem. Like that is not feedback that I would have necessarily been receptive of. So I think that that's just a really important piece of the puzzle too is is it actually I mean obviously I was looking for Brian's input and Brian's support but I think that sometimes when we're looking for those things we really have to ask ourselves like is this actually solving the right problem is this actually what's holding me back from growing this business or is it time to get that kind of like outside help and outside opinion so that I can just understand what the real problem is first of all but also just hit it from a different angle you know be able to get more of the right support And I always say, like, the right support will move you forward faster. And I know that that's something I've definitely found to be true for myself. That's something that I see to be true for my clients again and again and again. But yeah, that was like, that was the difference maker for me. So B, I want to talk about the investment piece. Because I think that this is where I feel like I have a lot of potential clients. And we have some version of this conversation a lot. And I'm so curious to hear your perspective around that kind of like high level investment, because I remember at the point at which I was looking at a pay in full for a coach that was around $6,000 plus 10% of the revenue that I generated through our work together. So that was like a hefty price tag. And it was definitely a jump from where I had invested in the past. And I had also had past investments that didn't necessarily pan out, right? Like I had had courses I'd invested in. I had worked with a few other previous coaches that um, had moved the ball forward. But I think like, again, probably weren't solving the right problem because I wasn't even clear on the right problem. So I'm just curious for you to talk about from like a spouse's perspective. And I we weren't married at the time. Kind of like what your... Yeah, like your side of the story, I guess, what your perspective is on that. Sure. So Amanda can attest, but I do love investing. I love, you know, learning about business and entrepreneurship and watching the stock market every day, seeing if it goes up and makes me a ton of money. So this was actually (laughs) kind of a fun piece because you have to sort of approach it in the same way, right? The difficulty that's kind of true across you know, your 401k account or, uh, you know, you're watching the stock market is companies are never, they never cost what they're currently worth. They're always, you know, their value is tied to their potential, right? It's how much will it grow? How much will it earn me later? You know, what can the right investment do now? And I think that's a, an area probably a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is when you're just starting out, your tendency is like to be very defensive. You know, I, I have to save money. I'm going to do everything myself. Uh, when I make enough money, then I can start spending money elsewhere to get things done better. But you know, I'll, I'll do my own editing and copywriting, and uh, I'll work on my own website. And you know, you've probably seen Amanda's home projects if you follow her online presence. But we did the same thing with you know our house. Uh, I'll do my own drywall and my own tile and stuff. But you know, we ended up with a lot of really crappy tile work because of that. So, <laughs> so there is kind of a, a balance there where. You, if you try to play it too safe and not invest properly up front, you're never going to grow at the the speed or scale that you really want to. And, you know, once you're at the point where you're comfortable enough to have the money to invest, you're almost too late for some of those things to be the real key differentiators. So 
so I think when Amanda was going through it, you know, first off, she mentioned the 10% of profits. To me, I love the profit share model because it's, you know, 10% of revenue. I'm sorry, of revenue. <laughs> if I remember right, it was like 10% of any additional revenue, right? Yeah, anything made during our work together. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's like, beautiful. If, if you don't help me make any money, you get no money. So it, it aligns your interests very well. And I go, oh, yeah, beautiful. Uh, so we're, we're hopefully guaranteed results. You know, then there's the, the big fixed costs. And that's probably the one that's harder to mull over, right? Is this a lot of money up front? And how do I know it's going to get me results? And, you know, everyone's selling something. Hopefully, it's the right thing that you need. But, you know, that, that's a, a lot of faith to, to put in and I don't know that there's any way to do enough due diligence to really feel good pulling the trigger and, and signing your name to that you know six month contract. So, you know, it, some of it, it is a risk. It's a calculated risk, but it's a risk. And uh, you know, you have to do as much upfront work as you can. Meet the person, talk with them, understand their approach, see if it aligns with you. If you feel like there's chemistry, if you feel like you know they have the right ideas, and you're going to work well together. And then you kind of have to put yourself out there and say, you know, this is an investment in myself um, or in my business. And again, it's, it's hard to, to do that when you feel like you don't have enough coming in. But uh, if it's the best way to grow, you know, that's how every small company that's become a giant company has worked, right? Is they've had a good enough foundation and gotten the right people involved early to, to get funding to get to that next step. And you have to kind of look at it as, as putting money in the right place to pursue growth. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people can wrap their head around what you just said, right? It's a calculated risk or it's, you know, part of growing a business essentially. But I think the part that interests me most is that's one thing when it's you personally and you can say, yes, okay, like I'm doing this to grow my business. I believe in this. It's different, or I would perceive it to be different from a spouse's perspective, because not only are you putting, you're essentially being asked to put trust in three separate people, right? Like you had to trust me that it was the right coach, essentially, right? So trust me that I believe in this business. I believe that this is the right coach. I believe that this is going to be the thing that gets me results. You have to put your trust in that coach, essentially, that that is going to be the difference maker, I suppose. And then I think also there's a trust element when it comes to the business as well. Like you have to believe in the business and it's actually going to work or it's actually the thing. So I think you, to a certain extent, I think you're almost downplaying how much was involved there because that's an awful lot of trust to put in those three things that I, I mean... I'm not sure we knew a ton about at that time. Like, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. But like, I just don't know that we we necessarily, like you're talking about like calculated risk. And I'm like, man, I think I made this decision very much on intuition and emotion. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that was like the best way to go necessarily. And I'm glad it panned out the way it did. But like from a spouse's perspective like did you feel like that was I you sound very grounded now and I'm just wondering if it's because 2020 hindsight or whether like any of this went through your head at the time yeah I mean I thought my shark tank uh, approach was pretty good let's look at revenues and growth potential and some cool charts but uh, sure there there's um 
a lot of trust. I think that's a great way to sum it up. I mean, uh, let's unpack it, right? So there's the business, there's the Amanda, and there's the Amanda coach. And how do I trust all of them? And so I guess it's kind of an interesting question because being in a relationship is a lot about just general trust, right? Like you're normally with someone who you think is, uh, is smart and talented and has some good ideas and, you know, does things well. So I think it's, uh, almost a given that might be like way downplaying it, but you know, you're going to trust your spouse, right? Like, it's not like you were trying to sign up for an MLM scheme and saying, Brian, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars <laughs> by selling vitamins, you know, by mail. Then I might've said, are you sure that's the best idea? But, you know, but this was like, maybe depends on which point of your business we're talking about. Cause we went through a few iterations, right. But uh, yeah. initially when you're looking at striking out on your own, I felt, you know, a lot of people could start a business. They just have to have the desire, right. And, you know, a clear thing they're going to do. And like you, you know, we'll swing it back to the legitimacy, right? You had a degree, uh, you had a background in design when you said, I think I can do a lot of this on my own. That was kind of a no brainer. And then, uh, you know, you kind of suckered me in at that point, whereas you tried to build (laughs) away from your, you know, your roots. It was like not a huge jump, right? Like it was like, okay, well, we have this good foundation. She's, she's done this part of the business, done the design work, you know, has kind of coached people already. And now it's just becoming a little more formal, right? And, you know, so it, it was maybe more gradual than it seems getting into this where bit by bit, it was like, nothing you're doing sounds too crazy, right? I'm, I'm going to go from corporate to uh, on my own. Well, okay, there's tons of freelance designers. There's tons of ways to get clients. People seem to really love the work you do. You know, I always thought, the work you did was really cool. Amanda helped me out with some websites. And I always joke because I would make like, you know, gray box on white background, black text, and uh, <laughs> like try to jazz it up with, you know, a, a GIF I found on the internet or something. And Amanda would be like, no, 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 no. Let me whip this into shape. And so, you know, so I, I had faith that Amanda could make a business work. All that I think has changed over time is the type of business and the focus. You know, as far as bringing then a coach into the mix and having the faith on that, it's, it's the same way any business, you know, I'm sorry, this sounds like business school classes, talking all Shark Tanky, but you delegate, right? Like, I'm not going to be able to make a judgment on whether Amanda found the right person to make her business grow, but I had faith that she had a good grasp on where things were. You know, she was able to build that design business out of nothing and then started to pivot. And she says, this is the right person to go to the next level. I was inclined to agree. It's so interesting because Brian talks so nonchalantly about this in general. And you have to remember at the point at which I invested in that coach and you know, did that pay in full and all of that. Like I was waking up in the middle of the night with like panic attacks about money. I was really freaked out that like, you know, I had just spent all this money that I had saved in my business account and like that was gone now and it was resting on my shoulders to make it work. And I think there are a lot of thoughts that go through your head at that time that really like it's so interesting to hear him talk about it this way now because like I felt every bit of the weight of that I felt that this was you know a decision I had made this was a decision that like very much was you know on me if it worked out but on me if it went south too and I think that like 
I mean, I say this all the time, but thank goodness I got support from someone who actually could handle those mindset challenges and knew how to navigate those because I like, I'm not sure I would have gotten to the point that I'm at now had I not really had that support. I guess what I want really want to like hammer home here is support is a game changer. (laughs) Like I, I cannot voice it enough, but like, you know, having the support of a spouse who believes in you, believes in your business, having the support of a coach who understands you, understands your industry, understands where you're coming from, um, has done it before all that kind of amazing stuff has the results. I mean, all of that plays into this, but yeah, I think it's just, it's just very interesting because I think at this point, Brian and I, like, I don't, we don't even really have a conversation when it's time to resign with my coach because we both know that this is like a thing that has very much supported me in growing. Um, but it's just so interesting. Like that was years ago. Let's see. I started with that coach in May of 2018, I think. So that like, that was a while ago and it just like, the journey to get here and to hear us talking about this now. I don't know. It just like, whew, been quite the ride. I know that if I had not had the guts to get on a free call with my business coach, I would have never had the guts to sign on with her. It's amazing the transformation that can happen on a free 30-minute call and how it can shift things for you in a big way, and honestly for your clients too. That's why I'm a huge believer in offering these free calls, because not only do people get real results from them, but they can be the catalyst for so much more. Ready to get a taste of what coaching with me is like so you can decide if this is the right coaching relationship for you? That's exactly why I offer my free Sincere Sales Coaching Call. Together, we'll get to the root of your biggest mindset challenge around selling and shift it so you can land that first or next client with more ease than ever before. I only offer a few of these each week, so head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash Sincere Sales to grab a time that works for you. Well, it's interesting, you know, you talk about the like sleepless nights and the stress and I feel like that's something we sort of share, right, about these big decisions. And, uh, you know, I guess I trusted you a lot and I didn't have any anxiety around your business. Uh, But for me, it was our house, like when we moved in. I don't know if you remember all that, but I was in the exact same boat, right? It's like, this is a huge decision, uh, a lot of money, man, housing prices, they were so low a few years ago and now they're so high. And, you know, this was, I don't know, six years ago and now they've gone nothing but higher. So in retrospect, it's, it's very much the same as the business. Like things are going so great now, you kind of forget like, no, I was nervous about signing that loan and being on the hook. And like, you know, you're kind of committed to make it work, right? Like it's a big decision either way. You know, they're, they're different things. I'll grant you that. Uh, but yeah, you kind of have to accept that there's, never going to be a clear yes. It's not an indication that anything's wrong to have that stress when you take a leap like that, you know, but you kind of, for us, the house, it was like, yes, we know we need a place to live. Yes. We think we could live here forever. It could take 20 years to break even on the mortgage. If housing prices drop and, you know, take some long time to recover, but, but we want the house and we, we want a place to live and that's good. And a business is sort of the same, right? You know, you may not break even on, the next three months. But if you know this is what you're doing, you're committed to make the, the business a success, then 
it's the right move to to say, you know, we'll invest in it. We'll see what happens. We can work more, uh, you know, work harder, work better. If it's not going well, we'll pivot, we'll figure it out, but we want this business. And so you kind of have to approach it the same way of like the business is going to be there. You only break even if you quit. And so maybe that helps you make that early decision of like, yeah, it's a lot of money up front, but uh, it'll come back to me in some way, shape or form. And so, as I said, though, I think the day you sign it, you'll probably have some butterflies in your stomach and wonder until you see the first like real result, you'll be like, did I do the right thing? And, you know, what if it doesn't work out? And I don't have any secrets for getting through that. I think I had several sleepless nights. I'm sure you had several sleepless nights. Uh, And then one day things started clicking and things started going well. And, uh, you know, whether it's you had your first big client, you had your biggest month in business, you got your home assessment and found out it was a great investment. You know, those are the things you look for. So, but it's never as quick or immediate as you would really love it to be. And that's unfortunately life. I just want to be careful there because like, I definitely do have clients who get results quickly, right? Like I think that I, you know, I've seen just by way of coaching a lot of different people at this point, like I think it's both. And I think it's really important to remember that it's both because it's show it's being so committed and so locked in on this is happening and it's going to be successful and I am going to do what it takes to show up until it is successful as it is, you know, being available for those quick results, being available for, you know, it to like, you know, show up tomorrow, essentially, you know, like, I, I really do think it is both. And it's, it's holding both of those that I think is sometimes challenging from a mindset perspective, because you're, the tendency is to want it to be like the pendulum swings really far there, right? It's either like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. This is taking so long. Like I'm never going to like make my money back. Or it's, that like, oh my gosh, that happened so quickly. Like, how could it possibly be that simple? Like, so I I really just want to say that like, it is both, right? It's remembering that, yes, you are so committed to it and you're committed to seeing it through and seeing that investment pay off, but also, yeah, it can happen quickly. So I, I know our human brains don't love that, but I really do think that's true. So do you remember that conversation that we had way back when or when I was thinking about signing on with my current coach. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. (laughs) Super. It was probably cereal. I feel like it was cereal. From what I remember, I think I was pretty locked in on this being the thing for me. Like I was very much like, I can remember the sales call. I remember that it like ran long and she was so good at like, just really like coaching me through all of the fear that I had around investing at that price point and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember when Brian came into my office, I was like, I had a really great um, conversation with a coach today. I think I'm going to do it. It's $6,000 plus a 10% revenue share. And and I'm pretty sure his like jaw probably dropped to the ground in that moment. But the, the question that stood out most to me was you asked me, and you really think this is going to get you the results that you want. And you probably don't remember saying that, do you? Or don't. (laughs) Sounds like me. (laughs) And I just remember like if anything, it made me even more sure and like really just like 
got me even more locked in on what it was that I wanted. And I think that there's like, there's nothing quite like someone calling your own truth into question there to really like knock you off the fence one way or another. But I was just so sure. I was like, yes, I do. I really do. And I think you thought about it for a little bit, but you were like, okay, not that I needed permission, but of course I value your feedback. And of course I like want you to like be part of this decision. And I really wanted your buy-in. That was like important to me. But the reason I bring this up is because I think so often like the people in our life feed off our energy, right? So if I came to the table being like, yeah, I mean, it might be the right fit. Like she might be able to help. I'm not really sure. Like you would have been like, yeah, you don't sound that sure. You're probably kind of hesitant about that. And you probably wouldn't have been nearly as on board. But I think that just by way of me being like so sure and so confident, so locked in on that, it was easier for you to see the potential as well. Does that feel true? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. You know, if someone comes to you with an idea and they don't sound sure about it themselves, it's really hard to convince someone else it's the right course of action. And, uh, you know, it's always scary trying something new, but you have to be sort of committed to making it work, right? That's a, it's a mindset trick, right, Amanda? Thoughts become <laughs> things. So, I, you know, I definitely think it, it helps if you feel it's going to work, you believe it's going to work. Um, I think you have to bring that when you go into something like a coaching relationship or even just starting a business uh, on its own. But also, you know, if you're trying to sell the idea to someone else that this is the right move, you know, you had better be pretty sure and you'd better convey that. Because, yeah, I definitely think if someone themselves is on the fence, how, how can you hope to convince someone else it's the right course of action? Yeah, totally. And I think that plays a bigger role in this than we give it credit for, right? Like, and so, I mean, this is just like mindset work in general, right? Like we always say that like the universe is a mirror, right? So like when we're hesitant and other people in our life are picking up on that energy, it's ultimately the internal work that shifts that, right? It's us getting like ourselves more on board, doing that internal work, doing that mindset work, to actually believe in the thing, whether it's investing or, you know, something else entirely, you know, it could be your latest offer. It could be a new business. It could be a pivot, whatever it is, but it's doing that mindset work for you to be on board first. And I think like there's something so empowering about that. Something so helpful about knowing that it is that internal work that shifts things. And I think, you know, that's equally as much a part of the equation as well. So I definitely agree that it's uh, it's a lot about the mindset approach to it because you know looking at it kind of from the other side, if you're expecting it not to work and it doesn't feel like it's working, you're going to go, "Well, see, I knew it wasn't going to work." Versus you know looking for the ways that it could work. You have to sort of reframe the issues in that context of like, I I know the process will work. What pieces are we missing here? You know, is it? Uh, I have to do X or Y or, you know, did I not follow up on Z? And I think you really have to go into it with the attitude of like, we're going to get there, not looking for reasons why it didn't work. That's kind of a question that comes up for me. Did you always feel like we were going to get there though? Because like, I don't know. 
I still think Amanda's going to be the next Oprah. Okay, well, me too. But like, I think this is a fair question. Like, I definitely wouldn't say I was like 100% there. This is going to work when I invested. I think like, I was probably like 51% sure. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible. But I was like, I was more sure that it was going to work than I, that it wasn't, I guess is what I'll say. And I knew that I was willing to fully show up and fully commit to it. So I could see it work, whatever that looked like, right? I think sometimes things work out for us and it's not in the way we expect, but it doesn't mean that they didn't move us forward or didn't necessarily work overall. And that's probably a whole nother philosophical conversation. But I guess what I'm asking is like, how sure were you? Were you just like, okay, like, we'll just see what happens kind of thing? Were you like 60% sure? Like, were you like, I have 100% faith in Amanda, so this is easy? Like, I'm just curious from your perspective what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, I think I had a lot of faith in you. You know, obviously, it was a lot of money, and I was nervous about it paying off, but I sort of trusted you to be wise with that. You know, having known you uh, and been dating for a while, I I knew you were not one to invest willy-nilly, right? Like, you had a good eye for things. You looked at problems objectively. You tried to figure out what the the right moves were and you had a pretty good success rate of picking the right ones. So to, you know, I wouldn't say it was like a hundred percent Amanda knows everything that's up, but you were (laughs) able to more or less uh, soothe my fears. I had pretty good confidence. You were going to do things that were the right, uh, right approach. And again, you may say you were only at 51%, but I think when I asked you the question, is this the right move? You said, yes. I I took that as you were 100% committed and I bought it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I think also probably worth mentioning here too, like it's not like I put it all on a credit card or anything like that. And I'm not saying that that's wrong if like that's what you choose to do kind of thing. But like, I think that it is worth just like giving some context because I think sometimes people wonder like, oh, sure, that was an easy decision for them because like, whatever, right? But like, I had the cash in hand. It was cash that was made through my business that came in through the design business. And I was just really freaking good at saving because I had been in a scarcity mindset around business in general. But I think like, you know, I had the money in the business. And of course, I didn't want to spend it, you know, on a whim kind of thing. But I guess from my perspective, that's, that's why you do save money, right? Like, that's why you invest, you know, like, I think I was quite literally putting money into an account for business reinvestment or for savings or for a rainy day. And like, I think, you know, part of getting my mindset on board there was knowing that I could invest in myself and it was safe to use that money. And it was safe to use that money to invest in myself and invest in my business. So it's not like I was in danger of my basic needs not being met. I mean, I very clearly had, I mean, that was after we bought the house. So I don't, I can't remember the timing of it. It could have been when you were waking up in the middle of the night, worried about having just bought the house. But I think it was a little after that. Let's see. No, that would have been like three years after that, right? Um, Not sure. (laughs) Okay. I think I did the math. I think it was like two or three years after that. So we were probably past much of our house drama there. And I think we also had the Airbnb up and running too. So we probably had some supplemental income there. But anyway, all of this to say that I think that 
yes, I wasn't worried about meeting my basic needs. And that definitely helped in this decision. But at the same time, I think the the energetic shift of like, I am fully committed to this because I didn't have to pay in full. But I think the energetic shift of I am fully committed to this and I am committed to seeing it through was the thing that allowed me to invest and was what made that, I don't know, decision feel more grounded um, and me more able to like fully show up for that decision. Ultimately, what made it possible for me to get my business to where it is today, because I like I've re-signed with that coach. I'm still with the same coach that I've been with since 2018. So that's pretty cool to be able to say too that that's really like, I mean, that was the catalyst essentially. So support can be a game changer for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think the key is, you know, you're not going to want to gamble with baby's milk money, you know, the last dollar you need to get home for the day. But certainly you have to look at it as an investment, right? So you're not putting away $6,000 and it's gone, right? It's, it's you're hopefully turning that $6,000 or whatever it costs, you know, into 12000 or 20000 uh, And hey, if it only works out to getting 6000 back out, uh, I'll take it, right? And so... Uh, it's really key to kind of view it in terms of that return on investment that it's, it's not money going out the window. It's, it's hopefully money getting you the right things you need to make more money. And that's really what growing a business is about. Yep. Uh, for sure. And I think like ultimately now we have like, I mean, it's 2020 hindsight, right? Like I can say like support by far was the thing that allowed me to grow to this point. Like, let's see, we're recording this February 9th. January was a 16K month for me. Like when you look at that return on investment, like it's a no brainer, right? But I think that, you know, when I was making that investment, I couldn't even see a potential where I got one client that would pay me for coaching, let alone making 16K in a given month. So I think that part of it is really believing in yourself and really believing that you can trust yourself, you can trust your intuition, you can trust yourself to show up for that. You can trust your loved ones to see the best in you and want the best in you. But ultimately, like it's you who you who makes that call. I don't know. Would you agree with that, B? Yeah, definitely. Now that I have a whole lot to add, I think you hit it pretty well. Awesome. Okay, so anything else you want the people to know before you uh, disappear from the internet and are never seen by social media ever again? I wish I had something witty to say, but I don't. I think we, <laughs> we covered it and I'm out of clever juice for the day. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We'll see if we can possibly get him on here again one day because this was fun and I love having that kind of outside perspective. And I think it's fun for you to get some insight as to more into our life, more into what the thriving life and business actually looks like for us and how this all really came to be. So thanks for joining me today, B. And I'll probably see you in two seconds upstairs. You turn your office light on. I feel like I'm being interviewed by a shadow. <laughs> yes, I can do that too. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. But I really do think that's true. Did I lose you? No.